Welcome to the Functional Medicine Podcast with Dr. McMinn and Coach Lindsay. We're coming to you from McMinn Clinic in Birmingham, Alabama, where Dr. McMinn is an integrative and functional MD, and Lindsay Matthews is a registered nurse and IIN certified health coach. In this podcast, we'll be discussing the latest information on a wide range of topics in the field of functional medicine, which looks for the root cause of disease, and integrative medicine, which incorporates both conventional and alternative therapies. Our overall goal is to help you be the best that you can be in mind, body, and spirit. The following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please do not apply any of this information without approval from your personal doctor. And now, on to the show with Dr. McMinn and Coach Lindsay. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. McMinn, and welcome back for another edition of the Functional Medicine Podcast. We are live uh, here in Birmingham, Alabama, where we live, breathe, and practice functional medicine and integrated medicine. I'm back here with Coach Lindsay. Good morning, Lindsay. Good morning. Hello, everybody. We are excited to be back at it again with you guys. And we're going to continue on in our gut series by this time today, focusing on the hottest topic in medicine, or one of them, which is the gut microbiome. And just to catch you up, in the previous episodes, we talked about, um, as far as in the gut series, we talked about an overview of the importance of gut health. And then our last one was about digestion and motility, where we went on that magic school bus tour through the GI tract. And today we are landing with a focus on the gut microbiome. And Dr. McGinn, what exactly does that mean? Well, Coach, it's really interesting, and I think it's so exciting uh, to learn about this microbiome. Let's start with the fact we uh, live in a world full of bugs. Uh, these include all kind of critters like um, bacteria, viruses, fungi, and uh, parasites. Um, by the way, my wife says I'm a fungi. <laughs> I mean, she's a little bit biased, I think. Anyway, uh, the list goes on, and we've evolved with these bugs. If you believe in evolution, hopefully most of you do, uh, that these bugs uh, have been with us since the dawn of time, and they're honest and in us. Um, the bugs that we live with are called our microbiome. It's really interesting, Lindsay. We have a skin microbiome, a nasal microbiome, a sinus microbiome, an oral microbiome, a vaginal microbiome, a gut microbiome. It goes on and on. Um, it's really interesting, Lindsay. You know what? Uh, in fact, there was a study out at University of Oregon where they actually discovered we have a microbiome cloud. So they could actually take a person, sit them in the room, and then they could analyze the air in the room after the person left, and they could tell who was in there. They could differentiate person to person just based on their microbiome cloud. That I'm is so interesting. Pig pen, like yeah, Charlie yeah, yeah. Brown. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so it's yeah. Exactly, we exactly. <laughs> we do have a cloud, so it's kind of it's just amazing. Uh, so, bottom line, our gut microbiome is a group of bugs that inhabit our digestive tract. Uh huh. And you know, I think it's interesting because we used to just have this perspective that. Bugs are bad. And, and poop was just stuff, you know, that didn't matter, right? Right. Uh, so, right. Yeah. Um, and so now we're coming to understand that just that whole sterilization that we used to be so fanatical about, the antibacterial soaps, the gels, the sprays, the mouthwash, I mean, everything on and on, um, that's supposed to keep us clean, it, oftentimes it could be more harmful Absolutely. than beneficial. Absolutely. And then the contrary of that is sometimes dirt is good. Uh, you know, I think uh, kids who grow up uh, where they kind of play in the dirt and even go to the barnyard and every now and get exposed to that kind of stuff, they actually turn out to have less asthma and eczema and that kind of stuff. But in fact, we as humans uh, could not exist without our uh, friendly bacteria. One really interesting tidbit is that our microbiota or our mitochondria, rather, uh, the energy factories of every cell in the body 
um, does not have our regular human DNA, but instead it has its own DNA. Scientists think it's a remnant of early days of evolution when the early life forms and bacteria kind of agreed to coexist for their mutual benefit. And so the DNA uh, material in our mitochondria cells is really bacterial d- DNA. But I digress. I get off on tangents, uh, Lindsay. Um, but uh, this whole microbiome human interface is just a, such an interesting interaction. I remember one author saying that um, from the bug point of view, that human beings are just sort of a life support system for uh, for bugs. Um, in, in fact, we develop big brains to figure out where to get food to feed our bugs. We develop bones and muscles to go get the food to feed our bugs. It's all about feeding our bugs. And it's really interesting how um, certain bugs make you crave certain foods. Like if we get yeast overgrowth, we crave sugar. Isn't that interesting? So um, uh, um, I think that came from a wonderful book I read years ago called Gulp, G-U-L-P. Um, Why does this matter to our listeners? What is a healthy microbiome? It can do all kinds of good stuff for us. So um, our bacteria, our good bugs, um, can protect us from the bad guys or the pathogens, kind of like a Star Wars. It's a balance of the force. Um, But these good guys are good bacteria. They can help us with digestion of our food, um, pulling out vitamins and minerals from the food like calcium, magnesium, and iron. But then they also create vitamins like a lot of our B vitamins, thiamine, folate, vitamin B5. Then there's vitamin K as well. Um, And they make our hormones and they can even produce digestive enzymes, maintain proper pH. I mean, these guys are busy. They modulate genetic expression. They can help heal and maintain the integrity of the gut lining. They feed the colon cells, metabolize drugs that we can't taken and they're huge in detoxification. And then one of my favorite roles that they play is that of a teacher where they actually educate our immune system as to, okay, this is dangerous or let this go through, attack, don't attack. Um, And in that way, they also regulate inflammation in our body. Wow, coach, that's huge. They do so (laughs) many things. And we thought these little uh, bacteria guys were not that significant, but they were really finding out they're they're, they're big, big, big. So anyway, um, uh, we're finding out they're also instrumental in what we call the gut-brain axis. There's this really uh, fascinating kind of two-way superhighway of information going from the brain to the gut and also from the gut to the brain. Actually, as it turns out, more information goes from the gut to the brain than brain to gut. Um, um, in fact, a new nickname for the gut is called the second brain. It's mainly due to the microbiome and microbiome immune interface that we just talked about. So these humble little bugs can affect us uh, in all sorts of ways, like things like anxiety, depression, and even metabolism. Lots of other diseases and problems later in life can be associated with the gut microbiome. Things like, oh my gosh, the list goes on and on. Uh, Autoimmune diseases like lupus, MS, sinusitis, thyroid disease, arthritis, brain fog, depression, fatigue, hair loss, infertility, vaginitis, food allergies, acne, osteoporosis, Vitamin deficiencies. Oh my God, I'm getting out of breath, Lindsay, telling you all about it. Um, Weight gain, asthma, (laughs) rashes like eczema, and overall uh, systemic inflammation. So you can see, Lindsay, there is a gut everything connection. I'm always talking to patients about, you know, gut skin connection, gut bone connection. There's a gut everything connection. It's so amazing. And I think that's empowering. I mean, that list can feel daunting to hear that, but then also to understand that this is a root cause approach, Mm -hmm. that we could have all of these things going on and at the root level, it's a bacterial 
real imbalance. Yeah, it, what's so empowering to me about it is a, a sort of functional medicine provider. I see so many patients who come in with problems and they've been to doctor after doctor after doctor, for example, for uh, eczema. And they've been on these creams and potions and salves and steroids. And what's empowering about it is there's a solution for it. Often when you get the microbiome fixed up, guess what? The asthma goes away or the eczema goes away or whatever problem goes away because you've got to fix that root cause. And that's what functional medicine is all about, to ask the question, why? Why do people get disease? And uh, often uh, it goes down to the gut. Um, you know, Hippocrates, 2,000 years ago, said all diseases start in the gut. Um, and so I think that uh, he's turned out to be to be right. And so uh, um, uh, when people come to see me, certainly I don't look at the world through gut glasses, but it's often on my radar screen. When they come to see me, I, I think about why do they have this problem? And it often comes back to the gut. Yes. Well, and again, when you think about all the roles that those bacteria play, it makes sense that they can influence all of these areas mm-hmm. in our body. Mm-hmm. Um, so with, as far as the microbiome goes, we'll circle back here. Where, where does it start? How do we get a microbiome? Um, and up until recently, we used to think that the fetus developing in the womb was a totally sterile environment, that there was no bacteria. But recent studies are, sh- are challenging that and suggesting that there's actually some bacteria present in the uterus, small amounts, but that's where colonization of bacteria can originally begin before birth. But then at birth, that's when the major action really starts. Bacteria from the mother and the surrounding environment rapidly colonize the infant's gut. So coach, where do these bugs come from that colonize baby's gut? Right. Well, you know, they come from the mom's gut, the mom's birth canal that where when the baby is passed through the vaginal canal, um, the mom's skin, um, and then the actual physical place where the child is born, whether that be a hospital, home, or other natural environment. So, and I mean, traditionally, we think about back and through time, we didn't always have hospitals. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and so now we're having these other things that are actually influencing the bacteria that our, our babies get inoculated with at birth. And that can be the doctors and the nurses present, um, the delivery room, what's present in there. Oftentimes it um, is um, accidental, not intentionals, but they can get inoculated with negative and bad unwanted bugs. Mm-hmm. And later on, the breast milk, food, general environment, contact with animals and uh, other kids, um, and the air we breathe can all affect the kid's microbiome. But more on that later. Uh, bottom line uh, this time around is that the birth is crucial for developing a healthy microbiome, uh, which can affect the health of that person for the rest of his or her life. So the origin of the microbiome, what influences it? The birth environment, C-section versus vaginal birth, that can play a big role. Antibiotics used at the time of birth. And then um, then you can even go to the type of feeding that the baby receives, breastfed, bottle fed. And that, like, to your point, Dr. Whitman, an impact on the health of that infant's gut flora and ultimately the child's health for the rest of their life. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's really interesting, uh, Lindsay, the, the average uh, infant starts out with about maybe 100 different kinds of bacteria. That's not the numbers, but kinds. Um, and over the next two or three years, uh, th- that, that is the crucial time to really build that diversity for that kid. Uh, and ultimately, they end up with about 1,000 different types of bacteria. And those bacteria stay with 
with that person for the rest of their life. Once you get to age three, you really don't develop any more diversity. Uh, so uh, um, you kind of have what you have after age three. Um, um, the more diversity, though, one has, the more different kinds of bugs, then the better the bugs are able to protect the person in the lining of the gut against things like pathogenic or disease-causing bugs. Um, at this point, uh, we have, uh, say, about maybe 10 times as many microbial cells as we do human cells. And uh, a recent study in the journal Nature, which is one of the big shot journals, shows that uh, these bugs contain about 3.3 million genes as opposed to only 23,000 human genes that we have in our body. So really, the, 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 the bugs outnumber the, the, the humans, really. So you, once, once again, it supports that argument. Um, uh, are, are human beings just a life support system for bugs? Right. So when everything goes right with our bugs, we can develop this healthy microbiome and healthy, um, healthy body. But when things go wrong with the microbiome, it can influence our body in a lot of ways. So just kind of some more facts here. Just being born by C-section, fivefold increase in allergies. Um, significantly increased risk of autism, three times the risk of ADHD, um, increased obesity in adults, 70% increased risk of type 1 diabetes, 80% increased risk of celiac disease. We're hitting all across the board. Oh my gosh, we are. And that's just. We're hitting um, metabolism. Wow. That's just the start. That's just the biggies. But there's so many other things uh, it can affect. Um, And then if the child is fed on formula food or is on antibiotics uh, for those nasty ear infections and sore throat for the first three years of life, then that affects the health of that person's microbiome once again for the rest of his or her life and affects their overall health. So we've hit hard on birth and everything surrounding birth being a factor that can affect the gut microbiome. But then let's go ahead and escalate this to what are some other factors. And that's, of course, diet, environmental exposures, lifestyle factors, and then antibiotics that we take in. Well, you mentioned diet, uh, Coach. So what kind of diet is really best to build a good, healthy microbiome? Definitely. Great question. Because, you know, I, I tell my patients that if somebody put a muzzle on me and said I could have only one word for um, a good health, it would be diet. I think that is the most important thing, you know, how we feed our microbiome. So yes. uh, so what, what kind of diet is best yeah. for microbiome? Is it? Well, you know, I think it's important to note what it is not. Um, and so it's not our standard American burgers and for fries real? and Lindsay. pizza. <laughs> Don't take away my French fries, please. I know. <laughs> Um, so sugar and processed foods are very challenging for our gut, very hard on the, the good guys in your, in your microbiome and having too much animal protein and, and fat, especially the not healthy, good healing fats are also counterproductive. So, so what do we do? We want to have more whole foods, more of a plant centered diet and a lot of good fiber. A wide variety of fiber. Yeah. It's not quantity, it's a wide variety. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that variety then provides the actual food of the fiber is the food that feeds our bacteria in most cases. Um, kind of going back to when we had our journey through the gut, um, I think it's also important to note that the big bulk of the GI microbiome is in the colon. Yeah. And so food, that's the colons at the very end. Listeners go back and listen to our, our GI, GI um, tract uh, digestion and motility 
lecture or podcast, but um, with that colon being at the end, the food that comes through, by the time that it gets there, it's mostly that fiber. Because mm-hmm. um, in the small intestine, we're having all the absorption and things going on. So mm-hmm. the fiber yeah. is so, so important. Yeah. Um, uh, really, uh, a quick aside there, Lindsay. I, I went to a really interesting lecture down at UAB. Now, of course, we're, we're podcasting from Birmingham, Alabama. We have a wonderful institution here called the uh, University of Alabama at Birmingham, or UAB. And it's really, uh, a really, yeah, go Blazers. Uh, a really good medical school here, uh, UAB School of Medicine. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm honored to be an assistant professor at the medical school, but uh, that's another story. Um, but um, anyway, uh, um, I went to a lecture down there and the, uh, the the neurobiology researcher, I'm not sure what her pedigree was, but she was talking about how, for instance, Parkinson's disease starts in the gut. You know, once again, the gut-brain connection. And uh, uh, there's this uh, key uh, um, uh, signature for Parkinson's called alpha-synuclein protein. And what they're finding is that uh, uh, that protein uh, appears... Uh, in the gut many years before it appears in the brain. And so uh, uh, after the lecture, uh, there was a Q&A session and uh, somebody asked the question, well, doctor, um, what kind of diet should we be eating to have a good, healthy gut and prevent Parkinson's? She said, uh, uh, a wide variety of fiber. So uh, back to that whole thing, you know, because that builds a healthy gut lining, uh, supports those good bugs, uh, and and then helps prevent all sorts of diseases, including Parkinson's. And there's lots of discussions about other things like Alzheimer's and stuff like that being connected to gut health. So, uh, so once again, uh, that's just a great uh, illustration of uh, your point, Coach, uh, that we need to be getting that sort of more plant-centered diet with a wide variety of fiber. Yes, mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, and then, you know, so we've got plant-centered diet, wide variety of fiber. Then we can also talk about cultured and fermented foods, which that means they're um, full of good bacteria. Those are things like sauerkraut, kimchi, kefir, um, all of those beautiful things that traditionally we've had in food in back in older cultures. So those provide wonderful probiotics. The fiber provides this prebiotics, like a fertilizer to the soil of your microbiome. Mm-hmm. And then... We can also, of course, take probiotics and prebiotics in the form of supplements, and that can be wonderful, but also just want to make the point that people can achieve great health through their diet. Um, Having this wide variety diet that we're talking about, plant-based, fiber-based, cultured and fermented foods, all of those can really just be wonderful for the microbiome. And then, Dr. McMinn, let's talk about the other factors, the environmental and the lifestyle type factors. Yeah, there are lots of other uh, factors, uh, like, for instance, exposure to toxins, like things like heavy metals, organics. And uh, if you think you're not exposed, you're kidding yourself. We live in a toxic world. Um, But uh, other uh, certain drugs, for instance, like uh, especially antibiotics, but also things like birth control pills, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like Motrin and proton pump inhibitors like Nexium and Prilosec, and it seems like everybody's on those kind of things. Uh, They're definitely bad for the microbiome. Um, And also exposure to certain infections like viruses can get the ball rolling in a negative direction with your microbiome. Uh, One last thing is that uh, chlorinated water uh, can also also stress out your gut, your uh, good bugs and cause uh, irritation. And lifestyle factors, uh, things like stress, lack of exercise, and poor sleep are, are also things that have an impact on your microbiome. 
one of the ways those are impacting is it is it through how it affects just this environment, the pH, where the gut bugs will thrive, like as far as stress or the proton pump inhibitors? Is that what it's controlling? Oh my gosh, Lindsay, it's complicated. Uh, 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 but like, for instance, uh, stress affects your gut in many ways. Once again, you look at that two-way superhighway of information. When you're under stress, uh, it affects, uh, you know, you have less uh, um, digestive enzymes, for instance, secreted, less uh, hydrochloric acid secreted. So then you don't digest your uh, food and protein as well. Uh, and, and one of the reasons why you have hydrochloric acid is to kill uh, some of the bad bugs that we eat in our diet, right? So if you don't have that, then that's going to affect your microbiome further on down. And also under stress, we get uh, changes in what we call motility, right? And then when you get changes in motility, that then affects uh, your microbiome. So, I mean, there's so many ways that stress can affect uh, um, the, your gut, including your microbiome. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yes. Um well, and then we have this whole other strategy that I got to throw in there, and that's um, called rewilding. Um, yes, and it's just really getting back to nature where we can um, get away from environments that are so sterile and not full of just this diverse microbial population. So just literally getting your feet in the dirt, getting out in the park, letting your kids go around and have fun, being in the backyard, gardening, just exposing yourself to the natural environment where you're going to see all this diverse, wonderful back. Bacteria. Yeah, take your kids out to the barn someday, uh, you know, uh, and, and uh, uh, hang out with the animals a little bit. So, uh, yeah, we're just so far away from nature these days. Uh, we have such a sterile environment. Um, uh, so bottom line, Lindsay, uh, some of the take home lessons from today's podcast is that gut health is huge for overall health. And there is what I call a gut everything connection. And the big part of gut health we've been talking today about is creating that healthy microbiome, or again, it's the gut flora, the gut bacteria. And that really starts for us now eating a clean, healthy diet, avoiding toxins and great stress management. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for uh, this segment, Lindsay. But before we leave, I just want to put in a quick mention uh, about another clinic I have here in Birmingham called the Brain Health Institute, uh, uh, where we apply the same what we call functional root cause approach to brain health issues, such as early dementia, depression, and other brain health issues. I'm very honored to work over there with uh, Dr. Christine Locken, L-O-K-K-E-N, who's a superstar neuropsychologist. Um, We leave no stone unturned to look for the root cause of brain problems and to come up with a customized functional and integrative plan for each patient. Uh, For more information about this, just call Dr. Locken at... uh, um, uh, 205-757-8947 or just email her at Locken, L-O-K-K-E-N at B-H-I brainhealth.com. So, all right, uh, that will about do it for this episode of the Functional Medicine Podcast. I uh, want to thank you all so much for joining us. We hope that you were able to, uh, uh, we were able We hope that we were able to uh, share something with you that was uh, helpful to you. In our next podcast, we plan to wrap up the gut health series by talking about uh, the integrity of the lining of the gut. That's uh, where the rubber meets the road. I'm really looking forward to that one. That should be exciting. Hope you'll join us. Um, And in the meantime, don't forget to check us out on the functionalmedicinepodcast.com and mcminclinic.com. Please rate us on iTunes. It'll really help us out. And I want to give a quick shout out, as usual, to our uh, sound engineer, uh, Ben Wedland. Super job, Ben. Thank you so much. Um, And if you have any questions or topics you'd like for us to discuss on the show, just email Ben at uh, ben at mcminclinic.com. And if you're interested in coming to see us uh, right here in Birmingham, just call the office at uh, area code 205-868-1313. As you may assume by this uh, podcast, we see a 
a lot of different things, but especially uh, focus on gut health. Uh, we see all kind of gut health issues, autoimmune issues, uh, you name it. Um, and I think we do a pretty good job with it. Um, uh, or if you want to come see Coach Lindsay, if you need a good health coach, uh, she's my coach. And uh, I'm, I, I must admit, uh, uh, I think I've improved under her care. So she's a wonderful coach. I re- refer a lot of patients to her and they all do better. So uh, anyway, you can call and just schedule an appointment with Coach Lindsay. Um, and now, Coach, can you leave us with a final Coach Lindsay Pearl of Wisdom today? Well, sure. Thank you, Dr. Meeman. Um, you know, I think just in talking about the microbiome, I love the picture that I've heard you say that it's almost like a garden and mm-hmm. we use the words weeding, feeding and seeding. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so helpful to not think about your body as the enemy, but just think about cultivating and creating this garden, this place that will not only be alive, but will thrive. Um, flourish and thrive. And so just to take that perspective and look, what do you need? What does your body need? What do your good bacteria need at this point? Um, And just have that more peaceful approach to nourishing your body. Mm -hmm. Um, And so again, just going back to the diet piece, that fermentable fiber might be a great nugget for a lot of our listeners. Um, Are you getting enough vegetables in your diet? I think most commonly that's what I sit down and talk with people. They think they're eating clean, but um, if we really look at the diet, just really look at it, write it out. They're getting one or two servings of vegetables a day, and we really got to ramp that up, folks. Mm -hmm. We got to change it. For sure, for sure. Uh, Yeah, Lindsay, just to expound on that, just a little bit, uh, um, back to the garden analogy. I use it with my patients a lot. Let's imagine if you had a beautiful garden out back but uh, you've been uh, kind of lazy and not tended to it, or let's say a drought came along and got rid of all your beautiful vegetables or flowers and the kudzu and the weeds have taken over. That's what often happens due to poor diet, due to antibiotics. You know, uh, the good bacteria are killed off and the, the bad guys take over. The good bacteria, uh, the diversity we talked about earlier, they keep the bad guys in check. But when we wipe out the diversity, like for instance, Cipro is like a bomb going off in your gut. Uh, Augmentin, a lot of these antibiotics, they're very gut active and they destroy about half your good gut bacteria. And then the bad guys are called opportunistic organisms. The yeast and some of the bad bacteria like C. diff, they take over. And then, so what we have to do is to kind of uh, clean house. It's like, once again, if the kudzu is taken over in your garden, you can't just plant new seeds in the kudzu patch, right? You got to go back there, clean out the kudzu, clean out the weeds, till the soil, and then you got to plant good seeds and you got to fertilize it. So once again, we try to get do kind of a gut reset, get rid of the bad guys, the yeast, the bacterial overgrowth, uh, and then plant with new seeds with a wonderful uh, culture and fermented uh, food diet. Uh, also the... Um, um, the probiotics, and then we uh, feed it with, uh, there again, the right kind of diet and the prebiotics uh, to give people a fresh start. And uh, often we see um, amazing outcomes with that. And, uh, uh, you know, I've had so many people who come in and um, uh, they have uh, uh, all ter- kind of terrible gut diseases, um, such as, uh, you know, microscopic colitis or, um, you know, ulcerative colitis, uh, Crohn's disease, uh, IBS, whatever. And I'm not here to knock anybody, uh, but so many times their providers have said, oh, there's no connection with diet. I'm not buying it, Lindsay. I, some, so many times we change their diet. Uh, um, uh, sometimes we even go to extreme cases and get people on elemental diet, uh, and which we can talk about in more detail later. But uh, um, it's profound. Uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, uh, getting people on a, uh, a good diet, uh, changing the microbiome, uh, um, it, it can change these people's lives forever because these diseases are life-limiting uh, uh, in terms of the way these people are able to function. But anyway, I ramble on and on. I get no, uh, so excited about this uh, this microbiome thing, and, and so so anyway. Uh, but uh, well, that should do it. Um, and uh, once again, thank you all for joining us, and uh, we'll see you back next time. Uh, this is Dr. McMinn and Coach Lindsay. Take, Take care, care and, and be, be well. well.